0: You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 54. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of
1: creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
0: Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters join us as we tackle bdsm sex non-monogamy and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world and now your hosts cassie and rigel
1: Hey, everybody. So this episode should be going out on December 31st. So the last day of the 2018.
0: Yeah. Goodbye, 2018.
1: Yeah. So which kind of leaves us in line with our topic. But before that, we know you're an amazing listener. So you are, of course, listening to this the day that it comes out, which would be on the 31st. And if you are... Well then there's an amazing party going on tonight that you should not miss.
0: Yeah, we're having our fourth annual play party, sex positive play party at the Baltimore Playhouse in Baltimore. And we're going to have some fun stuff for you guys. I mean, there's going to be the usual play and uh, sexy peeps, but we're also going to have some fun little additives like uh, naked sword fighting.
1: Strip sword fighting.
0: Strip sword fighting. I should say that properly. Strip
1: sword fighting and 20s costume contest because our theme for this party is uh, the Roaring 20s, which was our most popular theme for one of our other events, Zap and Wap. So we, we brought it back. So there'll be a... 20s costume contest and uh spank down the 2019 of course what else uh oh you did find somebody to ride the symbian into 2019 correct yes. so that yeah so all kinds of fun stuff this is just to clarify a new year's eve party if you didn't pick that up by the whole fact that we're talking about it being on the 31st so it's going to be tonight uh assuming like i said you're listening to this the day it comes out at the baltimore playhouse We'll put the links to get tickets in the show notes at a touchourflavor.com forward slash zero five four. And tickets are cheaper, I believe, if you get them online, correct? Yes. So although
0: if you're listening to this, you might be ticking down your last moments to be able to get them online.
1: So you can get them at the door if you didn't get them online. Just make sure that you RSVP as going either on Facebook or on Life. And the links to do that, again, we'll we'll put in the show notes at a touchflavor.com forward slash zero five four. So speaking of it being New Year's Eve, we wanted to talk for a second about your relationships and the upcoming year and New Year's resolutions and all kinds of fun things like that. So I want to kind of start this with a question, right? It is at least New Year's Eve if you're listening to this. Um, And what resolutions have you made for the new year, right? We all tend to make New Year's resolutions. Maybe it's something like eating healthier or exercising more or quitting smoking or cutting out caffeine or alcohol or anything along those lines, right? But just want you to take a second and ask yourself, what resolutions have you made for this upcoming year, right? And now that you've had a second to answer that for yourself, which of those resolutions are about your relationships? So chances are you haven't made any, right? Or very few, like some of the things maybe they could play into making your relationships a little better, but probably none of them are actually about improving your relationships. So the question is, why not? Right. Like at the time when we're we're striving to live a better life in this upcoming year and we come up with all of these things to improve, wouldn't it be helpful to kind of sit back and take stock of what's most important in our lives, which is our relationships and make some of our resolutions about those? And to that point, how happy have you been with your relationships in 2018? Like this is. This is something I really want you to sit here and think about for a minute, right? Sit and think back about over your 2018 and your relationships and what that's looked like. And I feel like a good way to do that is I want you to imagine when we're talking about 2019, I want you to imagine your perfect relationship, right? Like, What would your perfect relationship look like over this upcoming year?
0: So like, what would this look like, right? Like maybe it's having incredible, awesome experiences with your partner. Maybe that's like going on a really romantic vacation or going to like parties and events with your kinky friends and your poly friends, or maybe it's just the simple little tiny experiences, but enjoying those experiences with your partner and being able to do those things and and maybe not even doing experiences, but just the day-to-day without arguing over and over again, if that's where you've been locked in. And where you and your partner are able to like get your needs met and feel at peace with asking for what you want. And that peace kind of trailing over to your interactions, not only with your partner, but your metamors and your polycule.
1: Actually having like peace in your home and peace with your polycule kind of a thing. So... I want you to really think about that for a second, right? Really think what your ideal year in your relationships would look like. And then I want to ask you, how does 2018 compare to that ideal? Is that what it looked like? Did it look like that ideal relationship? And maybe it did, right? But maybe not so much. Maybe 2018 felt more like, having the same conversations over and over again without getting anywhere, or you know, spending all the time that you do have with your partner, that not being quality time, but you spending that arguing, and we're just coming out of the holidays, maybe that's what your holidays felt like, right? And not just Christmas, but the, your other holidays this year, these times that should have been good with your family just were stressful and argumentative. Maybe it feels like feeling resentful or guilty, right? Like resentful that you aren't getting your needs met or guilty that you're keeping your partner from getting their needs met and from being happy.
0: And maybe it has to do with being jealous and feeling that way to the point where you're not really even present with your partner, where this is becoming something that is a daunting thing every single day.
1: Yeah. Or worrying that your relationship is on its last leg, right? Like maybe you spent a good part of 2018 wondering really, uh, You know, I don't know how much longer we have together. And maybe now that 2019 is coming up, you know, a lot of the people that we talked to are telling us like, look, I don't see how we can make it through another year.
0: So with that in mind, we're going to talk about six ways to have a better relationship in 2019.
1: The first way you can improve your relationship in 2019 is to spend more quality time together.
0: So this is where a lot of people get this wrong, right? We often think about quality time in terms of amount, right? It's the quantity, not the quality of it.
1: Yeah. So we, whenever we do a podcast episode, a blog post, doesn't matter. We do some research and we go, we look, see what other ideas people have had on topics. And then generally we throw a lot of it out and do our own stuff anyways. Uh, But we do do some research and One of the things that you'll see pop up quite regularly when you're looking at relationship resolutions, like relationship resolutions you should make for this year, New Year's relationship resolutions, that kind of thing. One of the things that you see very commonly is spend more time together. And okay, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that that a lot of the times doesn't actually solve your problem. And a lot of times people who just commit to spending more time together, they still wind up in a position where they don't feel like they're spending any time together and they're not enjoying each other and they're upset
0: and they don't know why. I'm going to give an example of this and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit, Rigel. So what this looks like is sort of what happened earlier this year when you took a job change, right? You went from not having any time to having more time but we weren't actually making it quality time. It was, we had more time, but we were taking care of the chores, dealing with the kid, all the little bullshit things that we have to take care of in our lives.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. I, I'm not going to deny and say that uh, it can be a problem to find enough time to spend together, right? Um I think in our modern lives, most of us have a hard time finding enough time to spend with our partners. And, you know, I can sympathize with this. I'm, I'm coming from a job where I was working like 600 something hours of overtime a year. I'd get called in in the middle of the night. I'd go to work and wouldn't come back home for like three, four days. So I, I understand it. But at the same time, we all have some time to spend with our partners. And, what tends to happen is we spend time with our partners, but we we waste it, right? We wind up doing things that, as you'd say, aren't quality time. You know, we hang out, we play on our phones, we talk about finances, we...
0: Take care of the mundane house things and kind of put all of our time into doing all these little minutia things that may not need to be done at all and some things that don't have to be done right now
1: right and so when you really realize this is when you wind up in a situation where you're like okay well now i do have a decent amount of time to spend with a partner or maybe it's a job change or maybe it's just the weekend and then you realize you're like man i was just home like you know 20 hours this weekend and we still like my partner still complaining that we didn't spend any time together what's What's up with that? And what this tends to come down to is when people talk about spending time together, they always focus on the quantity of time, but not the quality.
0: So you really want to start taking a look at what quality time means to you and your partner and having a discussion about that. Like, what does this look like? What does it feel like to have some real good quality time together and not just focus on the amount of time? So, what is that quality time? What does it feel like for you? What does it feel like for your partner? And making sure that you make space in the time that you have, whether that is one hour, a couple hours, or an entire weekend, that somewhere in there you're finding that place for both of you to get what you consider a quality time.
1: So Sachs.
0: For me, yes. Yes, for me is sex. Most of the time, that is most of my quality time. And and other physical touch. It's not just going to be sex. Massages, foot rubs. I'm still thinking, okay. But anyway, I digress. So making sure that you find what quality time is for you. Because for me, that might be sex. But for a partner, it might not be. So really the both of you coming together and having that conversation and making sure that you're fitting that in.
1: So that's the first way you can have a better relationship in 2019. The second way that we're going to talk about, it's a little... Controversial is not the word I'm looking for. Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive is the word that I'm looking for. And the second way you can have a better relationship in 2019 is to be a little more selfish.
0: And the thing is, is that folks hear the word selfish... And they're like, ooh, because it's a bad word, right? Like being selfish is a bad word. But that's because we put it in this context of like disregarding our partners. And that's not what we're telling you to do. We're not telling you to say, oh, screw my partner. What we're telling you to do is to focus on you. Let me
1: tell you why this is important a little bit. We all care about our partners. And that caring is great. But a lot of times we will wind up in a position where, say – I have a need that's not getting mad, right? Um, I really am needing, we just talked about time, I really am needing more quality time. Or say that my partner has developed a habit that just drives me friggin' bonkers.
0: Or maybe your partner isn't fulfilling you sexually, something that's a really hard topic.
1: Right. Oh, and that's that's a great topic. So let's run with that, right? So let's say my partner isn't fulfilling me sexually. Now, because I care about my partner, it can be really easy to kind of well to do a couple things, right? A to try and push this aside, right, and ignore it because I love my partner and uh you know, since I love them, I I I'm willing to kind of push this need off, and that's Something we do more with sex in particular, but that's that's really another topic.
0: You don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to make them feel bad. You care about how they feel, and because of that, you're like, well, maybe I can just put this off, or maybe I can just push through it and uh, ignore it.
1: Right. You don't want to embarrass them, and you know you probably don't want. That conflict, right? You can get this feeling of the better partner thing of me to do is just to not bring up this topic that I know is going to cause some conflict and stress in our relationship, right? Like that is better of me to, to to sit on this, to eat this, to hold on to it, to deal with it, than it is to cause bring up a topic that I know is a going to make my partner feel bad, that b I know is going to cause some conflict in our relationship, uh, you know, c maybe that I know is going to make my partner feel insecure or take away something that they want, right? So it can be easier to sit on this stuff. But when you do that, you start running into some pretty serious problems.
0: Yeah. You start, for one, like you start getting resentful, right? Say it's that annoying thing or say it that it's that need that you're not getting. It's going to build. You're, you're, if it's an annoyance, you're going to get more and more annoyed. If it's a need... You're gonna feel like you're continuously going without, and you're gonna get resentful. You're gonna get angry. You're gonna get upset. And it's gonna start popping up other places, right? Like, you're gonna find yourself in a position where, and I talk to my clients all the time about this, where I get people on the phone who are like, you know, our last argument was about dishes. And it's amazing how many people argue about dishes. Yeah, Kathy. right? There is. I mean, I get at least three or four calls a week where dishes have been brought up on the call. And it's not about the dishes, right? It's about them not taking care of themselves and it building and building and building. And then they get pissed off when the dishes don't get put away and there's a blow up. But it has nothing to do with the dishes. It has to do with the fact that they weren't taking care of themselves and making sure that their needs and desires were met.
1: This is a robbing Peter to pay Paul thing. You're, You're putting off some trouble now for bigger trouble down the road. You're making your partner feel better now, but then you're going to wind up presenting them and causing bigger problems and bigger conflicts down the road to avoid that smaller discomfort and the smaller conflicts now. So you have to learn to be a little selfish in your relationships.
0: What we're saying here is don't be a martyr in your own relationship, right? Like make sure that you're speaking up, you're saying what you need, saying what you want, and putting that out there and knowing that you being quote unquote selfish and saying, this is for me. This is what I need. This is what I want is actually good and healthy for your relationship. The next thing you want to do for 2019 is recommit to your communication. Now, this is one of those platitudes kind of, that's what it sounds like, right? We we hear those, you know, have good communication.
1: Have better relationships.
0: Yeah. Not very helpful. So we're going to kind of break some stuff down for you. But it's really making sure that if your communication has been poor, that you and your partner are committing to changing that, right? It's not just, oh, go have better communication, but we're agreeing that this is going to be something that we are going to make happen. Because if you don't, this is what happens. You end up in the same kind of arguments that you've had over and over again, right? If you're unsatisfied with your relationship from 2018, that's because most likely your communication in some fashion or other. Communication is like the foundation for where a lot of other problems come in.
1: All right. And we just talked a little bit about being selfish. And communication really plays into this because you need to be able to communicate your needs and wants to your partner. They need to effectively be able to communicate that back to you, and you guys need to be able to negotiate and come to some kind of resolution.
0: You want to do things like make sure that you know how your partner wants to be talked to, right? We all have our own individual pet peeves, if you will, and things like that that get to us, that that make us unhappy in conversations. So start to have some conversations around how do you want to be talked to? How do I want to be talked to in these conversations? And even more so than that, you want to start paying attention to where your communication has gone wrong in the past. We don't want to repeat the past. We don't want to hash that out. But we do want to reflect on what wasn't working so we can learn from our mistakes. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to those things that didn't work out before, those things that caused issues and and made you guys have the blow-ups and avoid it. So that's not necessarily going to make you have great communication, right? But that's at least going to keep you from doing the things you know are negatively affecting your relationship. So what you might want to do is start setting up sort of a framework, talking to your partner about these things. How do you want to be talked to? How are we talking to each other? When are we talking to each other? What does that look like? And from there, start setting things up to have these conversations, rather than avoiding them and waiting until you guys are frustrated and arguing to have a conversation about something, create a framework.
1: Yeah, we we teach our clients a whole check in process, right? To uh, be able to communicate on a regular basis, make sure they're all everybody's okay with what's going on, everybody's aware of where everybody's at, everybody knows what people need and what they want. Um, so, come up with some kind of framework, test it out, see what works for you.
0: And if it doesn't, change it, right? None of this is set in stone. You can change it. So try some new things. Work on some new things. But the biggest thing is committing to doing that, committing to actually creating a new framework and a way of going about your communication.
1: So the fourth way to build a better relationship in 2019 is to find solutions to old arguments. Probably one of the most common things that we hear from new clients, from people that we talk to on the phone, from poly folks that we talk to in general, is that they feel like they're constantly having the same conversations over and over again. They're just going in circles. Nothing ever gets resolved. It's always the same stuff. And you may very well feel like you spent 2018 talking in circles. And a lot of the problems that are still on your plate going into 2019 are the same ones that were there in 2018. And obviously, you need to figure out what to do about this, right? It's really easy a lot of times to kind of, I almost want to say give up on topics that we've had over and over and over again and haven't been able to get anywhere with.
0: Well, it's because a lot of times we get stuck in these like black and whites. This is what I need and want. This is what you need or want. This is what I'm looking for. This is what you're looking for. And we never get past that because one partner is saying, oh, hell no. And the other partner is saying, hell no. And we just sit here. So we revisit the conversation and then we put it off until later. And then we re-talk about it. It gets to the same spot and we put it off until later.
1: Yeah. And we wind up in a situation where at, at the best case, and I say that because it's not a best case, people aren't getting their needs and once met and it's just chronic, right? I said, you may very well have started 2018 off with these same problems. And, and if we're now talking and the same issues are still there, you have the same unresolved things, you have people who haven't been getting needs met for a friggin' year, which is far too long.
0: And that's at best, right? Because when we start going over the same things over and over again, It's human nature to get annoyed, to get frustrated, to get angry, and that's where we start having arguments about these things, which we end up having arguments about something else and it gets dragged back in. Or we find ourselves just completely ignoring the topic and being resentful. So one of the things that I want you to keep in mind is that you've been doing this all wrong, right? Like you've been stuck in these black and whites and there's a whole area of gray that that really is helpful to explore.
1: So what I want you to commit to doing for 2019 is to find solutions to these old arguments. You can't keep leaving these things open forever. They have to get resolved so that everybody can be happy and healthy in the relationship, which is always our goal at the end of the day. And so you need to commit to finding solutions to these. You can't keep putting them on the table. You can't keep having these conversations the way that you've been having. You need to commit to finding solutions. And this is going to usually involve either one of two things, either negotiating new agreements, because a lot of times these uh, kinds of repeated conflicts come from things that we've never bothered to properly negotiate, right? Or you're going to need to renegotiate agreements that haven't been serving the relationship because those are really the two places these things tend to come from. Either they're negotiations that were never put in place, uh, and you guys have just been kind of winging it on these issues, or they're agreements that were put in place that either were never set up well uh, or may have been good agreements at the time but are no longer working for the people in the relationship and need to be renegotiated.
0: Yeah. So if your agreements aren't serving you, if they're outdated, you're going to have to have some sort of conversations around these things. And you're going to have to get yourself to a point of solving them, not just discussing them forever.
1: So that's what you need to do. You need to commit to solving these arguments or solving is a weird word, but to finding solutions to these old arguments this year so that you're not sitting here at the end of 2019 and looking back and going, oh, Another year, same stuff I started 2018 with, right? We're still here. So that is the fourth thing. So the fifth thing that you need to do to have better relationships in 2019 is to start fighting fair.
0: I mean, I don't even really like the the fighting fair thing to begin with. I feel like there needs to be a better term for that. But But
1: will it be a more commonly recognized term?
0: Probably not. But there probably could be something. I mean, like, I don't know.
1: How to, you need to start productively having difficult conversations.
0: Yeah, something like that. It does not have it, the
1: same ring. No, for
0: it. it doesn't have the same ring. But regardless, you know what we mean. Having these conversations that are difficult in a manner where everybody feels honored and treated respectfully.
1: So we just talked about recommitting to your communication, right? And finding solutions to your arguments, but no matter how good our communication skills get, no matter how many negotiations we we wrap up, for lack of a better term, and and wrap up these outstanding issues and with productive negotiations, there are always going to be things that come up, and they can fall into either just difficult topics right? Like difficult things to discuss, serious life things like moving or kids or relationships, or it can be things that come up where we've had feelings pop up. You know, our partner goes out with somebody and we get twinged or they move a little faster than we thought they were going to move or that kind of thing. So we still are going to have these things come up where there are a lot of feelings involved and where there are difficult discussions. And it's important to learn how to deal with those properly.
0: Because when we have conversations, right, even when we disagree, it is important that each person is coming to the same table on like an even playing field. Not insults, not feeling you're the bad guy for having an opinion, not the nasty in the background, like the little, the little punches. And you know what I'm talking about. If you have a partner, it might not be what you're saying, but they know what you're saying, right? Like it's that thing where I might not be saying a bad word at you and I might not be cussing you out, but what I'm saying, it just is hitting you right there.
1: Yeah. So you need to be able to do a couple things here, right? First off, you need to just throw toxic communication patterns out the window. This is things like blaming. This is things like calling people names. This is things like bringing up hurtful things from the past to get under your partner's skin. You just need to be able to take these things and just, just get rid of them right there, right off the bat. That is thing A. The second thing is you need to put some kind of framework in place. When we were talking about you know, coming up with a communication framework that works for your relationship, you need to, as part of that, develop a framework for how you're going to deal with these hard discussions when they pop up. And that needs to be something that you figure out before these conversations arise.
0: Yeah, because we are not productive when we're angry. There is no better time to flush a plan down the (laughs) toilet than when we're arguing, let alone coming up with one, right? So you want to have an idea of a a contingency plan for arguments, I guess might be a good word. Of a,
1: a contingency <laughs> communication pattern yeah. for arguments.
0: Yeah, where you, you know, okay, we've hit this point. What are we doing? So that way you're not in a situation where – things are on fire and you're trying to figure out how not to start the fire, right? Like it's bad enough to try to have to put the flames out, but let's just have something in place where we can walk through this and know where the conversation's going and how to handle it so it doesn't escalate worse. A conflict is going to happen. We are always going to have conflicts. That's just I wish I could promise all my clients and all of you guys, oh, you're never going to have a conflict again.
1: Yeah. This is actually, it's funny. This is a conversation we wind up with our clients quite a bit, which is, okay. Yeah. Something popped up. That happens. That's life, right? That's always going to happen, but how did you handle it? And how did that result? What, what were the results of that? How is that different from how you would have handled that before? And you know, the resulting, uh, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about that. Uh, quote from one of our clients that she did in that recent piece of the Q&A that she she let us use where she said, you know, like, yeah, I told him about it, but it wasn't like the full wrath came down upon his hair to where we were arguing for the next several days.
0: Yeah, it was in how you handle that conflict. It's not about avoiding conflict altogether because it's going to happen. It's about how you come together with your partner and you guys show up to those conflicts. It's how you show up as a person and as a partner in those conversations.
1: And guys, by the way, just to so you're aware of what I'm talking about, I'll put the link in the show notes at a touchoflavor.com forward um, slash 054. We had sent it out a little while back. We had a client, um, we'll call her M because she didn't want us to use her full name, who was in our program, who gave this really amazing story of how she handled a hurtful situation that popped up um, and she gave it during one of our, our client calls. And then afterwards she told us, go ahead, use that piece of that and you know share it with people. So we did. So 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 you're in the loop on what we're talking about because this made a lot of sense if you listened to it and not so much if you didn't. I'll post that in the show notes at a touch of flavor.com forward slash zero five four. But that's what you need to do, right? You need to figure out what framework you guys are using where you can, when these hard conversations do pop up, handle them productively and try and work out a situation where it's a win-win for everybody or at least everybody is is satisfied and willing to go along with the result.
0: And a big part of this is you and your partner deciding that you're going to be a team going into these conflicts. It's not this problem that's between us, but this problem that we're tackling together.
1: And the last part I'll throw in on this just because I I cannot stress this enough, and this is something that's going to take effort and you're going to have to commit to, but you should make it your goal to work on it in 2019 is to get rid of those toxic communication patterns, the name-calling, the blaming, the, as I said, throwing in unrelated conversations to hurt your partner.
0: Bringing up past hurts that aren't relevant anymore. All of those things, you probably already know what they are, but just stop doing them.
1: All right. So that is the fifth thing. The sixth and final thing that we want you to do to build a better relationship in 2019 is to give your relationships priority. And you have heard us talk about this before.
0: Yeah. Our relationships are the most important things in our lives.
1: And this really is the basis for everything else that we're talking about today, right, is to give your relationships the priorities that they deserve.
0: And that's things like time, energy, all the commitments that we just talked about is some of the things that go into giving your relationship priority. And when you don't do that, you aren't putting in what you need to be able to have the kind of relationship that you want. When You're not making those attempts to have time, to have the energy, to work on things. And that's where we end up falling off and not being able to make our relationships the relationships they really could be
1: right so all those things we talked about right they take some combination of two things they take a combination of time and they take a combination of effort and you may be sitting here going well you know cassie rigel i don't have the time i don't have the time to find quality with partners i don't have the time to work on developing good communication patterns I don't have the energy right now to put the effort into negotiating new agreements. And one of my favorite quotes, right, is by Brian Tracy, which is, we never have enough time to do everything. We always have enough time to do the most important things. You will find the time and the energy for what you make the priority in your life. And once you realize that your relationships and the people in your life are the most important things in your life you can find the time and the energy to make these things happen. But if you don't make them the priority, you're right. You won't find the time, you won't find the energy, and you won't be able to do any of these other things that we've been talking about. All right, guys, so those are the six things that we want you to do to build a better relationship, better relationships in 2019. Spend more quality time with your partners, be a little selfish, recommit to your communication, Commit to finding solutions to your old arguments, start fighting fair, and make sure that you are giving your relationships priority. But I want to go beyond telling you the things that you need to implement, and I want to give you a little more advice on how to get there, because let's be honest, right? You may be sitting here committing to do all of these things that we just talked about in 2019, right? But how many of your resolutions from 2018 have you kept? How many of your resolutions from last year or, or the prior years have you actually kept? I know that even just us in and of ourselves, it's not like we've kept all the <laughs> New Year's resolutions we've ever made.
0: Oh, heck no. Last year, what was my resolution last year? Oh, it was to do like more of like my physical upkeep, right? I was like, I'm gonna make sure that I'm always making hair appointments and making sure I'm doing that. And I'm making sure that I'm doing things like going to acupuncture and getting my eyebrows done and making sure that I'm doing things as far as like taking care of my body. Cause I had this whole like resolution with like mini resolutions underneath of it. Like, I'm going to take better care of myself. And these are like the couple of things I'm gonna do. Well, guys. I got to tell you. So <laughs> this year, I've gone to acupuncture half as much as I usually do. I haven't had my eyebrows waxed in since 2018, actually, <laughs> which is pretty bad. And um, my hair is no longer the beautiful bright pink and blue that it is because I am two months overdue for my hair appointment. So, so much for resolutions on my part.
1: Yeah, I think my... I think one of my resolutions last year was to cut out coffee, which <laughs> has been a resolution several times that I failed on, which is kind of the point, guys, right? We we don't tend to keep our resolutions. Most of the resolutions that we make fail. It was funny. I actually did a little bit of research here, and, and 80% of the New Year resolutions that we make, we drop by mid-February. They don't even last until mid-February, and come the end of the year, only 8% of people have achieved what they set out to achieve with their new year resolution. So the track record is not so good. And you can probably sit here and think not just about resolutions in general, but let's be completely honest with each other. Those tips that we just gave you, we gave you some new information there, I'm sure, but this isn't points that are completely new to you. Right? You've heard at least some of these things before, and chances are you haven't implemented them, right? And the question is why? Why is that? You you know that you need to improve a lot of these things before, but you haven't. And the fact of the matter is just, just telling you to do them again this year or you're just committing to do them again this year, it isn't enough, Right? You're going to need to actually do some things differently to get to where you want to be. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to get real with yourself. You need to really have a serious bout of honesty with yourself about who you are, what you want, and, and really the state that your relationships are currently in.
0: Yeah, this means like not glossing over when something's bad. This means not ignoring the things that you know are a problem. This means maybe owning your own shit, right? Like what are you what, what what have you been bringing to the table and messing up? But really really having these honest conversations with yourself and your partner.
1: Right. So you need to you need to really sit down and consider what is it that you want and need, right? In life and in your relationships. And You won't get anywhere by deluding yourself about your relationship. This was something that we said during a podcast episode a couple weeks ago that really struck home for someone, but for a lot of us as poly folks, there can be a lot of effort to present this image both to ourselves and to other people that our relationships are going well, right? Because people already look down upon us in our relationships, and we don't want to give them any other reason to think badly of us and to think badly of poly, but you're not doing your relationship a favor by deceiving yourself and deceiving your partners about the problems that are actually there, how happy you actually are, where you're actually at with things. Once you've sat down and you've figured that stuff out, you have figured out, okay, here's where I actually am right now. You need to figure out your goals for where you want to be by the end of 2019. I had asked you earlier to kind of imagine what you want your relationship to look like this year, like what that perfect relationship would look like for you. So you want to sit down and actually transform that vision into some actual goals, right? What is it that you actually want to accomplish in your relationship by the end of the year? Where do you want to be with your partners? And write that stuff down.
0: Maybe maybe you guys' isn't more sex days. Maybe it's more time with your partner. Maybe it's you need more you time. Maybe it's you need to be more authentic in your relationship. Maybe it's many different things. But you really want to have that concept of what that is. And with that, not just looking at it from a place of, well, I want this thing, but actually how to get there.
1: Well, Let me step back for one second because I feel like it's really easy to say, write down your goals and your relationships, but that's really, I find that's an abstract thing for a lot of people, right? It's not like saying right where you want to get in your business and you can sit down and come up with some numbers and and things like that. So here's an exercise that I've found to be helpful for people. And this is what I'd like you to do. Um, I'd ask you to imagine what you want your year to look like earlier. And that's, that's good. That's a good step. Um, but what I found to be helpful when you're trying to figure out, like, actually write down on paper your goals for your relationship is sit down and walk through a day for yourself, right? Write down what you would like a day in your life with your relationships to look like. And once you've done that, you'll find that it's it's a lot easier to kind of go through and figure out what you need uh, the goals that you need to hit to get there. So if your goal is, you know, uh, like like part of your day is, you know, I get home and I spend quality time with my partner and, you know, we're not arguing and we're just enjoying our time together and in love with each other, well, then you know right off the bat that uh, you need to resolve some of these arguments that keep popping up every time that you're around your partner, right? So step through your day, write that down. If you're having a hard time coming up with your your goals for what you want your relationship to look like by the end of 2019, walk through a day, uh, what your, your ideal day would look like in your relationships, write that down and then pull your goals out of there. And then as you said, once you've done that, once you know what those goals are, I want you to focus on not just the ends, but the means because it's, it's really easy to say, okay, well, we're going to stop arguing Like That's my goal. My goal is for us to, well, we'll step back to that. My goal is for us to solve some of these arguments that have been popping up for a while, and that's great. So then you need to figure out, well, how are you going to do that? So how are you going to get from A to B? What is it that you're going to do that is going to make 2019 different from 2018 so that you can get there? And we had talked earlier about prioritizing your relationship, and prioritizing is a great start, right? That's definitely, I cannot overstate the value of prioritizing your relationships and getting where you want to be. But what else is it that you're going to do differently this year? Because in order to change the outcome of where you're going to be at the end of 2019, changing your mindset is a good start, right? You need to change your mindset. You need to change your actions. Um, But there's a couple more things that can really help you play into that. One of which is you need new ideas for how to do things.
0: And this is where getting guidance can be very helpful, right? If you have come up with some things and you're probably coming up with the same things over and over again, if you're finding yourself in the same position.
1: Or you've been given a lot of advice or read a lot of advice that hasn't worked. You can't keep doing the same things.
0: Yeah. So this is where it's helpful to get guidance so you can get those new ideas. You can have someone to, you know, give you that insight and that thought process and suggest things that you haven't come across.
1: Right. So get some new ideas, right? Because you can't keep doing things the same way. If you keep doing things the same way, 2019 is going to look a lot like 2018. It's hard to keep all the years straight in my head now, man. So that's the first thing. Something else that you can do differently is accountability. A lot of the times when we try and put things into place and we fail to do that, even good ideas, right? We can have good ideas, good information, but fail to adequately implement it.
0: A great example of this is physical training, right? When one of us says, "Hey, we're going to go to the gym and I'm going to I'm going to start lifting weights and I'm going to go three times a week." Well, what happens, right? Well, maybe the first week you go three times a week and then the second time you go once and you have a you, you actually have a great idea, right? You're going to lift some weights, you're going to lose some weight, right? Some some real key base stuff here, guys, right? Lift some weights, lose some weight. Okay. Now I'm talking like a jock. But anyway, so you have a basis there. But you don't have anybody there at the gym. You don't have someone who's guiding you on this. You don't have somebody who's making sure that you're showing up.
1: Right. Or that you're showing up and doing the right thing. I'll use myself as a an example here. So I got I got injured. I got as a pedestrian, I got struck by a car about two years ago, February now. And until this February, I couldn't even like I was just in physical training. I actually didn't make it into a gym for for a year. So I decided to pay to go to a gym that has a personal trainer. Now, the thing is, this is the reason for this for me is twofold. I'm actually pretty knowledgeable from a exercise physical fitness perspective. I mean, I've been working out essentially my whole life. I've been in sports, I've done MMA, I was in the military, I, you know, so I'm pretty familiar with all this stuff, but I decided to do that for two reasons. Number one was I needed somebody who could give me advice specifically on what I should be doing to avoid hurting myself. Because, you know, I knew how to do certain lifts and I knew how to do these things, but what I didn't really know is, well, when I go to do this and my back flares up, what is it that I need to do differently to keep that from happening again? So that was one thing. But the other reason, this is almost embarrassing in some ways, but it's true that I wanted to have a gym that has a trainer is because they would keep me from being stupid and hurting myself. Even though, like, I knew I shouldn't go in the gym and uh, you know, just start lifting my old weights. Um, I did that, tried that a couple times. I hurt myself, and I knew that I needed somebody who would tell me I was being stupid and call me all my
0: shit. And keep- Other than me and Amanda.
1: Other than you and Amanda. It, that this is true. And and who would. Who <laughs> would hold me accountable to not being an idiot, essentially? Um, and it, it worked great. I mean, I'm now back to my old weights for pretty much everything, you know, after, after quite a process. So, but accountability can go really a long way in helping you implement things in any part of your life, in your relationships, even things that maybe you know you should have been doing, right? Even... Maybe some of the ideas that you're getting from this person are new, but maybe some of them you knew that you should be doing, but you just didn't have the accountability in place to actually make it work.
0: Yeah, it's having that, hey, did you take care of this thing? Oh, you are trying to take care of it. Maybe you're not doing it correctly. And having that feedback, that accountability is also feedback along the way. So the best thing you can do for your relationship in 2019 is to get the help that you need, the help that you might have been putting off, right? That, that guidance, that accountability to get you where you need to go, to get to the place where you really want to go. And what you want to do is you want to find someone to work with who understands your unique relationships, who gets you, who you can talk to, who has systems and past clients to help you do that. And I'm not saying, you know, necessarily talk to us, but find somebody who meets that. Someone who can understand your problems, where you're not going to have to be the teacher and then the student, because that's going to waste your time. Someone who has a history of being able to help people with relationships similar to yours. And go and find that help. Get that help.
1: Yeah. Yeah, guys. So Look, definitely, this is the six things that we want you to do to build a better relationship in 2019. Go ahead, take those, implement them. But definitely, like Cassie said, these are things you can implement to improve something. But if you're looking at 2018 and you're like, man, I really don't want 2019 to look that way. Chances are that you you need a little more help than just implementing those, those things that we talked about, right? Like if, if you were stuck in a lot of the same places for most of the year or you find yourself coming to the end of the year with like very severe disagreements.
0: Basically what we're saying is if you're coming into 2019 regretting your relationship of 2018, that is the time to look for help.
1: Yeah. So if you'd like to talk to us about how you can build a better poly relationship in 2019. You can go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash call. We really hope that we'll be seeing you if you're local-ish.
0: To the Baltimore D.C. metro area.
1: Yeah, at our New Year's Eve party at the Baltimore Playhouse tonight.
0: Tonight!
1: Yep. And if not, guys, we hope you have a great New Year's. We're really looking forward to everything that we're going to be doing with you guys in 2019. We're super excited. There was just so much in 2018 for us in terms of reaching more people and growing the podcast and helping a ton more clients. And we're super excited for 2019 and to keep talking to you guys is what I'm saying. So thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. So really what we're saying is the best way to maybe... Change your 2018 and make your 2000. Well, not change your 2008. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't change. You can't change. You can't backdate shit. What on? <laughs> it's been one of those days. Okay. Mm-hmm.